We have a super special surprise today. Our good friend Joe is here with us. Hey everybody, I uh, like beer and I like television, so I've been brought in as an expert. <laughs> today we're hanging out drinking Hop Slam from Bell's Brewing based in Michigan. And this shit is no joke. Yeah, it's going to be uh, an episode two all over again, right? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, yeah, sorry about episode two. Yeah, sorry about episode two. So uh, what have you guys been up to this week? I um, spent the week basically being dead from the flu. Um, so if I sound kind of nasally or if you hear me cough in the background, I apologize in advance. Uh, I went and did Harry Potter trivia with Stephanie. And oh, yeah. it was insane. They were so many Harry Potter fans that were lined up around the block. But, of course, we got there early because we were the most enthusiastic team at Harry Potter trivia. Oh, yeah. Uh, we, our goal was to be the most enthusiastic team with the lowest amount of points. I am really <laughs> bummed out I didn't get to go. Um, the damn sickness. Yeah. Goddamn flu. You could have helped us figure out who was or was not Gary Oldman. <laughs> I don't know who's not Gary Oldman. Everybody, I, also, everybody, I also don't really understand the double negative I just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, it does turn out that everyone that isn't Gary Oldman is, in fact, not Gary Oldman. <laughs> And that was our go-to answer whenever we didn't know the answer. It was just, well, it's not Gary Oldman. It's not Gary Oldman. We did get recognized for our great team name, though. New Owl, who dis? <laughs> we just walked in and told the girl running trivia, and she started laughing. She was, I'm putting a little star next to that guy. You know, honestly, that's... <laughs> she never explained what the star meant, but we had I'll the take star. take it. We had a star. <laughs> I didn't go, but that was my one contribution, was giving you that name. Oh, that's right. That's that was your true. team name. Yeah. <laughs> Great collaboration, everybody, and I hope that energy carries into this. <laughs> and this week, I also got to go see the Killers. No one cried, at least not that I could see. So, uh, someone there had to have been crying. Yeah, someone always cries at the Killers. <laughs> last someone time, cries. last time we saw them, it was you. It was me. A lot. <laughs> I have some great videos of. It's just all you can hear is Joe screaming. I mean, you lot. should put that on our Instagram. Let's <laughs> not. I, In celebration of this episode, that should go on our Instagram. I have absolutely no recollection of really doing that because I was very drunk, but we were, very enthusiastic. You made about me it. split a bottle of rosé with you. Look, I bought two bottles of wine at Lala, and then I got through one and needed someone to help me drink. I am your friend one. that will help you drink. <laughs> That's great. And again, carrying that energy into the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so you guys ready to get into the topic of today? Yeah. So ready. So today we are covering um, one of my favorite shows, Joe, one of yours. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, great show. Parks and Recreation. NBC's smash hit. Yes. I know. I think it's a little generous to say smash hit. I feel like it was always <laughs> kind of teetering on being canceled, but... That's true. It was 
was uh, in my one. heart. Oh yeah, it like I feel like there were many seasons where they were not sure if they were going to make it back. I did not know that because I I never thought that it would get. Canceled. I also got into the show like once the final season was uploaded to Hulu or like had just been so, uploaded like, when so the show I, was over. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't have time to watch TV. No, that's fair. I've gotten okay. to watch it. I was in like. Over. I watched the pilot when it aired. Like, it was, I don't, like, I feel like I got lucky in, like, getting in on the train early. I mean, season one was not the best, but the pilot, the pilot was good. It was a different Leslie, but it was a good show. See, I could see the show getting canceled after the first season, but I cannot see it getting canceled, like, once it got into the full swing of who Leslie was and, like, the show itself. I think Once it's they just brought that, in Ben, that just yeah, the yeah, game. yeah. Ben, that is yep. that is when the show gets way way better. But I think just comedies in like are really rarely do good, except somehow for The Big Bang Theory. How? No, let's not even talk about that. Yeah, uh, move on. I'll let's get, not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I could rant for hours. Um, so we have a list of topics to talk about. Um, we can start off with our favorite main characters if you want. Ben Wyatt. Oh, I love. Me some Ben Wyatt. I do love Ben Wyatt. Um, I think at the end of the day, though, mine's April Ludgate, because <laughs> who doesn't love Aubrey Plaza and her weirdness? I gotta also say Ben Wyatt. I just, like, I vibe with his nerdiness. Oh, I and, do, too. Yeah. He's just great. He has a lot of great lines in the show as well. He does. I think he likes winter sports more than I do, but uh, <laughs> more power to it. <laughs> I mean, he did... As a child mayor, opened a <laughs> facility called Ice Town. Try to open. Try to open. Try to open. Ice and bankrupt town the town. Costs ice Clown his town crown. <laughs> Single best headline in the I've show. That, the headline game in that show is so strong. Well, Leslie's, the Leslie's headline game. Because I don't think any of them actually make it into headlines. No. But she does try to encourage Shauna Malway Tweet to write. Some very, very bad <laughs> And I don't think any of them actually come to fruition. No. She just is always in an interview saying, headline, and like, we'll name it. <laughs> it's <laughs> not like, going to make that always, headline. With like three subsections. <laughs> and they're always rhyming. <laughs> <laughs> the rhymes. So uh, the next topic we have is favorite minor characters. So how minor are we talking about Minor. I mean, mine is John Ralphio. I was going to say, is John, is John Ralphio? No, John, I would count him as like a minor character because okay. he's not in every episode. That's true. That's true. The majority of episodes. Uh, yeah, John Ralphio. Hands down. I, I would agree with that. What are your favorite John Ralphio lines? I'd, I'd like less line, more. I like when he kill, pretends to kill him, like pretends to die for the insurance money, and then him and his sister are walking around. But don't be suspicious. <laughs> don't be suspicious. <laughs> They're don't walking around at the, like, in the cemetery being like, don't be suspicious. Don't be suspicious. Oh, man. I forget that moment. That sounds great. It's on like the producer's cut or director's cut of uh, the oh, last okay. episode. So it's like an extended version. And I just it's love... actually really hard to find online because I tried to find it the other day. Oh, okay. oh I love um, it. But it's so funny. <laughs> um, I love that he randomly sings everything. Oh, yeah. uh, he refers to his sister <laughs> as the worst. <laughs> As he, like, tackles Ben to the ground, singing it into his ear. <laughs> God, that is... Um, I also love when they're flush with cash. Or should I say, flush with cash! <laughs> um, I think my favorite line of his would be when he's rapping, 
and, <laughs> and he always ends the rap on the non um, rhyming. Oh, yeah. <laughs> K to the N to the O P P or O P E O P E. She's the dumbest little lady in all Pawnee, Indiana. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Oh, that was because that's. Yeah, uh, all of his raps in that. I, it's only a piece of the puzzle of probably the best episode in that, but I, I think we'll probably discuss that. Oh, later. no, we'll discuss it. I'm oh, sorry, yeah. Because that is my favorite. Uh, I'd say my favorite minor character uh, is probably going to be Mona Lisa. Just keeping, <laughs> it, keeping it in the Saperstein family. Can I you, really. Can you do your favorite line? Because I've heard you. <laughs> I've heard you do this. Uh, and it's like my favorite. I'm worried about misquoting it because it's not going to be all right. But it's my uh, w- probably one of my favorite moments in all of Parks and Rec is when it's. Tom has broken up with Mona Lisa, but they meet at the Snake Hole Lounge, and they're going to have a threesome. And then the next day after their threesome was supposed to happen with a stranger at the bar, he meets Anne in the hallway. She's like, oh, how did it go? And he recaps their moments with Mona Lisa. And it's immediately when we got out, Mona Lisa started to fight the other girl. She goes over, grabs a rack, breaks the uh, windshield of her car, reaches into the woman's purse, pulls out her birth control, puts it into a baggie, goes to a high school, sells it to high school as his ecstasy. It's like (laughs) the most elaborate series of events that are like, trash at every step and I love it. She didn't even go for the cash. (laughs) She didn't even go for the cash. She grabbed her birth control because she knew how to monetize anything shaped like a pill. Said, bitch, you're gonna get pregnant. (laughs) I I forgot about that part too. Oh, how did I forget that? Oh my god. (laughs) Bitch, you're gonna get pregnant now. Oh, god. Uh, so next subject. Favorite guest stars? I don't know how much of a like guest star because he wasn't as famous then as he is now. Uh, Billy Eichner. Uh, I wouldn't really call him a guest star, but I guess it counts. I mean, he eventually becomes like a main character. Main yeah. Yeah. character. Yeah, he because he yeah. I feel like guest star to me like, is like one to two well, episodes. So then I guess yeah. Yeah, like Jason Manzukis is Dennis Feinstein. <laughs> I love um, Manzukis. Andy Samberg as. Um, the park ranger that just yells the entire time in the episode, oh, yeah. in the episode where uh, Larry falls into the river trying to grab his burrito <laughs> and says he got mugged instead. <laughs> Damn, Jerry, you fell into the river of a burrito. What would you do for a Klondike bar? Kill your wife? <laughs> Is that the one? Uh, I don't sure. know, but that's really funny. <laughs> it should be if it isn't. Uh, you can like, hire me for writing. <laughs> They'll hire you to that show that's been off the air for several years. I'm, I'm sure not, it'll be I'm not that funny, so it's fine. <laughs> I feel like my one of my favorite guest stars is probably Will Arnett because it was in her string of terrible oh, dates. Yeah, and he constantly talks about the Badgers. <laughs> yeah, and then also I like he's got great foreshadowing because he gives her yes. an MRI and he's like, "You've got a great baby maker here." You could start out with triplets, easy, and then she has the triplets. End, she starts out with triplets. Yeah. I a lot of people actually don't 
rec- like don't realize about that foreshadowing and that con- continuity that they do. Yeah, no, it's like a really, really long payoff joke that, yeah. you know, worked out well. I love that Leslie's children are monsters. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite scenes um, with Jen Brinkley, is it Jen Brinkley? Jen Barkley. Jen Barkley. Um, is when she's in the house and she's wearing a poncho. And like, why are you wearing a poncho? It's like all the surfaces in your house are sticky. And then one of the kids runs by with the paintbrush and hits her with it. And she goes, poncho! <laughs> <laughs> and it's just the way she says poncho that like cracks me up every time. I, I love, it's another time they're like running into people and they're like, oh, how are you? How are the triplets? And they're like, they're good. They're trying to kill us, and we're going to die. But we're good. Everything's good. Um, so we kind of foreshadowed this next one, um, but it's favorite episode. Yeah. I feel like... I mean, I feel like this is probably Universal? the most... Like, everyone that I know that has identified a favorite episode, it is, of course... The fight. The fight. Oh, because absolutely. It's yeah. so good. It's got, like... <laughs> the concentration of one-liners in that yes. episode is, uh, it's so good. It, like, one of the best episodes of television ever. And it's also the one with John Ralphio doing the whole um, raps that don't end uh, on the Hutchel <laughs> rhyme. Yeah. And then they all get fucking hammered and trashed on snake Snork juice. John <laughs> Ralphio, give me another snork juice. <laughs> John Ralphio, dance on me. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> oh, how many times are we going to circle back to Ben Schwartz? Because he has did so well. I show. love Ben Schwartz, honestly. He is so funny. And, like, John Ralphio is peak Ben Schwartz. Yes. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um... No, that episode's one of my favorites. It's so funny. What are it the other has... raps that he does? I remember his one for Swanson. Because uh, Ron, Ron walks up and he's like, you want me to write a rap for you? You want to beat to the O to the double S? Do what he says and you'll be successful. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you got to end it on the I know what I got to do. <laughs> Is that the episode where Tom goes off on his list of ideas? Oh, yeah. yeah. At least one of them. One of his many. One of them, yeah. Because that's, yeah, it's got white for earmuffs for men and Eclipse, a club open twice a year. Cover for an charge, hour at a time. For an hour at a time. Cover charge, $5,000. <laughs> um, it's also the episode where they do it like a, they're all hammered and they do like a shot for each one of them. Oh, the Ron Swanson dancing? Yeah, the Ron Swanson dancing is one of my favorite clips of, like, my favorite gifs, honestly. Oh, I use it all the time. Um, of all time. But then Tom's line in it is, uh, I'm like an elephant. When I walk into the room, it's like, hello, I'm here. <laughs> uh, I know I got that wrong. It's, no. <laughs> Joe's cringing inwardly because I got that wrong. <laughs> no, I mean, it's mostly right. I'm also probably getting all of my quotes, like, <laughs> 60%. There are just so many of them oh, that I'm supposed so to good. memorize every no. single one. Yes. But I also love <laughs> Anne's in that. It's like, she was the whole thing. I don't even do one thing. And that bitch. <laughs> and you know, they paid to some random <laughs> so, girl. What is going on? <laughs> that start. That was the beginning of 
the relationship between Janet Snakehole and Burt Macklin. It was the first appearance of Burt Macklin. Um, And it was also when they do the Aubrey, or the, yeah, Aubrey Plaza, April Ludgate close up. She's just talking like gibberish. Oh, yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Portuguese. See, I thought it was, but I also thought it might be gibberish because she's talking real fast. Well, yeah. I (laughs) think it's Portuguese. How would she know Portuguese? She's Venezuelan. Puerto Rican? She's Puerto Rican. So it would be Spanish. Is it? Oh, is it Spanish? I thought it was. I guess, yeah, it was Venezuela, not Brazilian for those when Fred Armisen came yes, in and she was Venezuelan. Away with that guy. But I think she's Port- uh, Puerto Rican. Yeah, you're right. I think she is. But yeah, okay. So it probably was just Spanish. I, I think I was. But thinking, it didn't sound like Spanish. I didn't recognize it. Yeah, I think that's maybe why. Because it sounded Spanish esque. So <laughs> I just assume anything that's. Spanish, but I don't recognize the I'm so sorry for all of this. If, it's yeah, is that, if this offends anybody, I apologize. I think we should be commended for knowing that Portuguese is a language because <laughs> white people in this country probably wouldn't be able to tell you that for the most part. I can just hear like an Andy line. <laughs> it's like, that's not a real language. That's not a real country. <laughs> is that on Game of Thrones? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so favorite one-liner? Oh, man. I'm, like, blanking right now, but... I mean, my favorite one-liner is the... I guess It's not really a one-liner, but it was the Mona Lisa speech. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think other than that, it is definitely lines from the, uh, the episode The Flu. And it's <laughs> oh. the... The one, I think the most famous Andy quote, uh, <laughs> Leslie, I googled your symptoms and you might have internet connectivity issues. <laughs> and then also, of course, when Chris Traeger is staring at himself in the mirror, just going, stop <laughs> pooping. Um, my favorite part about that Andy line is that it was, um, an improv and, um, Mike Shore, the creator, Talked about how he hated Andy for, or hated uh, Chris Pratt for saying that because it was the funniest line of the show and nobody thought of it. <laughs> um, I want to say my favorite one is when Andy's at the doctor and he's talking about how when he wipes, <laughs> he just wipes and wipes and wipes and always poop. It's like there's a Sharpie down there. <laughs> oh my God. Like a brown marker. Just keep wiping. <laughs> And then uh, when also he talks about hot snakes and bubble gut. <laughs> a lot of poop-related Andy moments. Yeah, there's... Oh, my there's... other favorite line that doesn't actually end up in the show is uh, the Kim Kardashian one. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, that's out of, like, outtakes, that's definitely yeah. the most seen, like, thing that didn't make it into the show. Yeah, and I wish they had, but I get why they couldn't. Um, it was very funny. Oh, no, you can't put that <laughs> no. on primetime television. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> also, you can't put that on... Any uh, television. On any television, because the Kardashians will come after you. I just traded Finland's military to Kenya for 50 lions. That's pretty good, right? And April goes, yeah, but also militaries are pretty important, or pretty good at protecting countries. And then Andy goes, but so are lions, and you don't have to pay them. <laughs> and then he goes... That's a good point. You don't have to pay lions. But he gets like a break in the fourth wall and goes, these kids are idiots. I just traded all of Finian's 
Finland's boring stuff for every other country's lions. I have more lions than any other country in the world right now. <laughs> if that means something, then he'll win. Oh, he would win. <laughs> also, when he says, if you rearrange the letters in Peru, you get Europe. <laughs> ben comes like, no, you don't. You have to well. rearrange them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next topic is favorite Swansonism. Uh, I don't know that it's a like a phrase he says, but I like that he's known for any time he has sex, he comes into work the next morning with a red polo. Dressing like Tiger Woods. Yeah, dressing like Tiger Woods. <laughs> um, yeah, not a Swansonism, and I'll talk about mine, but... I also love that, like, when he is with Tammy, too, he goes crazy, <laughs> and he, like, becomes, um, like, a fiend, and he has, yeah. like, his cornrows and just goes crazy, but with Tammy, one... He reverts to, like, he a child. To, yeah. Wasn't she his Sunday school teacher? Uh, yeah. Well, she babysitter? gave birth to him, well, they, or not, I mean, like, d- delivered like, yeah, him. The candy yeah. She's not his mother, but <laughs> that's tomorrow. Big difference. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, she was the candy striper that delivered him, and then I think also his babysitter. And then like his teacher? Sunday school teacher, yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. She yeah. was there for his whole youth. Um, the youth. The youth. <laughs> um, I think, like, yeah, I feel like I don't really have a favorite Swanson line, but I think my favorite... Part of Ron Swanson is his love for breakfast food because I absolutely uh, out of I generally I disagree with most of the things Ron Swanson believes in, but when it comes to a love of breakfast foods, I'm absolutely right there with him. Have you uh, ever been to the Ron Swanson themed restaurant in Chicago? Isn't that That's a thing. Whisk. Yeah, yeah I've it's right by, by my it. apartment. Do they give you all the bacon and eggs? So that they, they have? have a. I don't remember what month it is or if they're still doing it, but we went once during Ron Swanson month and an item on the menu was all of the bacon and eggs. And they would literally feed you all of the bacon and eggs and nobody else in the entire restaurant could order bacon and eggs until you said you were done. That's crazy. Yeah. That seems wildly frustrating. <laughs> yeah. If you are I, not the person that arrives first. Yeah. yeah it was just real entertaining. But they're rest- Also, what month is Ron Swanson month? I don't remember. It's a thing? Yeah, well, it was. If it's not still. I mean, but I think like, you could probably like, just say whatever month you want is Ron Swanson yeah, month. Yeah. It's like a Facebook thing. But they're, I mean, all of their decor is Nick Swan- Offerman. That's hilarious. Yeah. It's also really funny that Nick Offerman is a lot. Is like he's. Ron Swanson, but not like the right leaning Ron Swanson. Yeah. He's like everything about Ron Swanson except for the political thing. Yeah, I don't. I also don't think I agree that Ron Swanson is right leaning. I think that Ron Swanson is libertarian leaning. Yeah, Ron yeah. Swanson is but, extremely libertarian. No, he's the reason that people are libertarian these days. I feel like he's one of the reasons that libertarianism is making like, is such a big comeback. Yeah. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> I just like that Nick Offerman has his own woodworking shop. Uh, my favorite thing about Nick Offerman is the fact that he does AMAs on Reddit. Oh, yeah. And people will say, like, oh, how do you make your marriage work? Or how are, uh, like, you love your wife so much. Like, how, like, 
what's so great about your wife? And he's like, my wife has a magical vagina. And we'll just talk <laughs> about going down on her, like, in every in every response. In one of his stand-up specials, he kept referring to her as his legal property. <laughs> and my boyfriend was like, can I start calling you that? I'm like, no. Yeah, I think he does that it as a joke. Because he oh, worships no, the ground she walks Oh, on. I like, know it's a joke. He talks but... nothing but, like, the highest regards of for her. Also, oh, she's incredible. Oh, I love Megan her. Megan Mullally is unbelievable. She I is agree. so funny. As a gay as man. As Tammy too, especially. It, well, yeah, as Tammy too. But, I mean, the I, like, love Megan Mullally. She's enshrined in the pantheon of gay, like, aspirations in, for her role as Karen Walker in Will and Grace. That she just... Ugh. <laughs> For those listening, that was a chef's finger kiss because that's that's how I feel about Megan Mullally. All right, guys, hold on. I gotta open this. I also feel like we kind of need to work on transitions a little bit more. There are no transitions. No. This is a garbage podcast. Yeah. Okay. So while we're talking about Ron Swanson, um, we want to talk about overrated characters. My number one overrated character is Ron Swanson. Agreed. Yeah, um, I, I think agree. the internet in general thinks highly, way too highly of him. Not for like any reason other than I think there are better characters. Oh yeah, uh, I completely agree with that. Oh, I just am very opposed to his libertarian stances, <laughs> and I think that people are like super aggrandizing of how like. Because he's kind of a man baby in a lot of it. Like, his absolute refusal to eat anything other than red meat is kind of childish to me. And I think people like... I do enjoy the bit where he goes uh, over to Chris Trainer's house and he makes a salad. (laughs) It is a, oh, mmm, and he like dumps it (laughs) into a plant. On that note, one of my other favorite moments with him is when they go to that vegan store and they're like, here's some vegan bacon. He picks it up and throws it in the garbage. Another, please. <laughs> I just want to prevent anyone else from having to eat this. Um, so while we may not love Ron Swanson as a character, um, you can't deny that he's always been pretty supportive of Tom's business ideas. Um, not necessarily all of them, because some of them have been outlandish and absurd. Um, so this next list is going to be our favorite business ideas from Tom. I mean, there are so many, and of course we saw all of the ones that were actually created, but I think some of Tom's best ideas were ones that never ended up actually getting realized. Uh, I know we already mentioned this when we were talking about the fight, but uh, white fur earmuffs for men. (laughs) And of course, Eclipse Nightclub only open twice a year for an hour cover charge $5,000. $5,000. I'm a big fan of No Ya Boo, his game show idea. to No Ya Boo. Oh my god. <laughs> nope, cutting that out. Nope, cutting that out. He, uh, he describes it as a dope new game show where I ask a couple scandalous questions and they have to guess what the other one answered. I do also love that it is 100% exactly the newlywed game. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but it's No Ya Boo. No. Yeah, boo. And there's going to be a little animated dog as my co-host. I also like his idea for Tommy and the Fox, a raunchy animated series based on the imaginary friendship between Tom and Jamie Foxx. 
Um, my favorite is Toddler Cologne um, with the tagline, Baby, you smell good. <laughs> the taglines really sell it. You know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I feel like with Tom, that's probably the, the best part of all of his pitches is not exactly the initial idea, but the the salesmanship that he brings to the rest of it because I feel like all of its all of his ideas are pretty flimsy. Oh no, they're and not good. It's all just the marketing. Uh, of course, not quite good enough marketing to make his marketing and entertainment conglomerate work. Oh, but entertainment seven twenty Pawnee's first and only entertainment media conglomerate. My favorite thing about that is that the logo makes no sense. <laughs> I do like that they'll go around the world twice for you. <laughs> um, I just like they got Ben involved in it. <laughs> one of my favorite things, uh, and Joe needs to <laughs> do this impression, is uh, when they name rename Ben in that <laughs> oh, episode. Yeah. What's your name? Ben? I hate that. Your new name is Angelo. Wait, No. It's Jello Shots. What up, J Shots? <laughs> <laughs> they go on and be like, well, uh, 15 of our lawyers also told us that we're hemorrhaging, or not lawyers, accountants, told us that we're hemorrhaging money. Yeah, well, first of all, fire 14 of those accountants. <laughs> <laughs> the whole episode. There's a girl there just sleeping, and she's probably making upwards of $100,000 a year. They got Detlef Shrimp to just be <laughs> shooting free throws in there. And the NBA's on lockout right now, so we only got him for like 70% of his original salary. <laughs> God, isn't that... That was all funded because John Raffio got hit by a Lexus, right? Yeah, I think yeah. that was from like insurance <laughs> scam money. Another oh, yeah. insurance scam. Because he made his money the old-fashioned way. I got hit by a Lexus. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of Ben Wyatt, I mean, he was your favorite character. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was also my favorite character. I think he really tied most of the show together. I, like, really consider Parks and Rec getting good the moment that Ben walked in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Door. I think the show would have gotten canceled if he hadn't come in. Yeah, because... Uh, we needed Mark to brandanaquit. <laughs> <laughs> Mark brandanaquits. Yeah, but no, that was it. Was much better that he left and Ben Wyatt came in to save save us all. But I I relate to Ben on a spiritual level, especially his love of Game of Thrones. <laughs> oh yeah, no, all they of would the... never cancel Game of Thrones. It's a crossover hit. <laughs> <laughs> They're telling human stories in a fantasy world. He also his board game. Cones oh my of god, Dunshire. it's so funny! I love board games, and I would absolutely play Cones of Dunshire. It seems I would too. Just needlessly complex, say, it's which way too is excessive. exactly what I'm looking for. I also love that when they go to Paris, he freaks out over the Inception Bridge. He's like, I just never. I never thought I would see it with my own two eyes. It's just here in front of me. Leslie's <laughs> like, this is what you wanted to see? The bridge from Inception? <laughs> you know, the Eiffel Tower is right behind us. And he goes, yes, but the bridge from Inception. <laughs> God, and I, like, all of his, like, little moments. Like, I love when he's unemployed for a little bit and makes his stop motion 
uh, oh, yeah. uh, like Requiem for a Tuesday. <laughs> like goes to show it. Stand in the place where you live. Cut. I, I, I worked on that for weeks. I, I forgot I that Leslie song. And I compared it to Citizen Kane. God. Oh man, his jokes at the county... My favorite running joke of the show, actually, is that accounting firm that he keeps going to work for and quitting immediately. And their obsession with him. The, like, guy that keeps interviewing, actually, (laughs) revising my favorite minor character might be to that guy, just because of it. I also have a similar enthusiasm for Ben Wyatt. (laughs) And I get it. I, you know, I get it. If Ben Wyatt kept coming into my office and getting hired and then leaving, I would be... So heartbroken. <laughs> He's always so excited about his like corny accounting jokes. Calculator. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh! Go get, go get Mark. Go get, say it again. Say it again. <laughs> uh, and when he solves that one um, case, and they're like, he's like, wait, say it again. I'm gonna do this, and he puts a light over his head and turns it off. <laughs> uh, I love the like. Really salty, like by the books account yes. that was so just high and mighty over Ben. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to get this. Um, and his obsession, ben the case. his obsession with calzones. I was going to say calzones, low cal calzone zone. Uh, and I'll, I love when that merges with his fear of policemen. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I like? Calzones. <laughs> Then the next day, the police chief comes in. Hey, it's Calzone Boy. Here's hoping that that nickname doesn't stick. <laughs> oh, and his him not understanding Lil Sebastian and everyone's obsession with Lil Sebastian. Oh, who can't be obsessed with Lil Sebastian? <laughs> I am actually on Ben's side. I don't get it. I think what? he's cute, what but don't I you don't. Get? I don't get the obsession. <laughs> what don't you get? He's the best at being. A little horse. He really is. No, I'm the kind of person that would just pretend like he did. And then the whole time be like, what? You know, and I think that's a testament to Ben Wyatt's overall goodness. Is that, sure, he doesn't get it. But he also just loves Leslie enough to acquiesce to her demands. <laughs> and it, sure, it wasn't an outright demand, but he, we all know Leslie now. It's a it's an emotional demand from oh, yeah. to love what she loves. Talking about Ben is a good transition point into one of our other favorite moments in Parks and Rec. It's the treat yourself. Oh, oh treat yourself. Treat yourself. I that movement started <laughs> an entire group of people spending way too much money constantly, and I am one of those people. I will so. literally if I'm if I'm with people and they're like, oh, should I get this? And, Say treat yourself. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. The concept is supposed to be one day a year, but that turns into multiple <laughs> days a year for literally everyone. I never, I you know, I piecemeal out my treat yourself because I can't, you know, put it all into one day. But I would like to become a cashmere and velvet candy cane at some point <laughs> in my life. I just like that they talk Ben into buying a Batman suit. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> And then he wears that suit for Halloween. He wears it. It was a very good Batman suit. It was. He wears 
he's helping them with the computer. <laughs> he's wearing the. He's helping a. With the internet, I think. With the internet. He's helping April and Andy with their internet. And he's in the Batman suit. He keeps whipping the cape. <laughs> God. I just love when he, like, comes out and starts crying in the Batman suit. <laughs> oh, God. Batman's crying. <laughs> but I think, like, the. First Treat Yourself was great, but Future Treat Yourself really took it to a next level. I feel like they Treat had Yourself some... 2017? Oh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, I wish that the Celebrity Fish restaurant had actually come to fruition. Because, I mean, they did get some predictions surprisingly right, but unfortunately Josh Groban is not going to be able to order his own sushi. I mean, they predicted the Cubs were going to win the World Series. And as a Chicago-based podcast, you know that that was important to all of us. I mean, sort you of. know, kind of. Not on, actually that into sports, but... I was on vacation at Harry Potter World for my <laughs> birthday, and the Cubs, it was on my actual birthday, because the game went over after midnight yeah. in Florida. That was so an intense the thing. Cubs won the World Series on my birthday. And then I got, like, I wore a, happened to wear a Riot Fest shirt to Harry Potter World, and all of the staff stopped me. Also, I had a huge fucking birthday pin on, but they kept saying, go Chicago. And I was like, cool, sports ball. <laughs> cool, people like us for once. Um, what would you guys treat yourselves with if you could afford to go all out and just buy whatever you wanted? Platinum tickets to Lollapalooza, where they drive you around Jesus. in a golf cart. You can have anything. No, they will literally drive you around in a golf cart, around all the people, and they'll like honk at you if you're in your way. How much are platinum tickets like? More than I can afford. I I can't even afford VIP tickets to Lollapalooza, so being able to afford platinum... I mean, regular tickets are expensive. Yeah, so being able to afford a four-day platinum ticket to Lollapalooza... Yeah, that's fair. That's what I would treat myself with. That's what I would treat myself. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I feel like it, keeping on theme, it might be like a fully realized copy of Cones of Dunshire, uh, because <laughs> I'm a big board game fanatic. Uh, other than that, probably just other board games. Um, I feel like I would buy like a vacation, but like an all-out vacation with like first class like seats and like a really nice. What airline are you flying that has first class? I mean, it would be to like Bora Bora or something. Oh, or like, all right. And then like, um, you know, have you ever seen those pictures of the little cabanas on the water? Sure. Yeah. Um, like one of those, and it's like way more money than I would ever spend on a vacation. Kind of vacation. Man, you guys had loftier goals than I did. Yeah. I like staying inside and playing board games. <laughs> That's true. You do that a lot. I do. I do. <laughs> what else would I treat myself to? I feel like I need to... Reevaluate your life. Reevaluate that. <laughs> it's real sad. Yeah, your treat yourself was kind of sad. <laughs> but I'm, I've got a Ben style treat myself, you know? You guys are <laughs> treating true. yourself to vacations. We're like Tom I and just, Donna, and he's Ben in this case. Oh, be, I'm the Ben in this. Oh. I would get my elbow bedazzled, though. Right? <laughs> I um, did not get that. Yeah, I didn't get I, that I, Yeah. I, did. I didn't get that. 
Um, but I guess speaking of the last season, how did you guys feel about the way they wrapped up storylines? I, I mean, I thought, oh, like, for the most part, I was pretty satisfied with Some how of them. everyone kind of wrapped up. Um, I wasn't really happy with Annie and April's ending. Uh, I did not, I don't know, I wasn't, I'm all about, like, women not having to have children just to feel, like, fulfilled and satisfied and, like, people not forcing that on women. And it kind of seemed like April didn't want to have kids and Andy did. Um, and it just, it didn't really make sense to me for April's character to have children, um, especially, like, with that last scene when they, she was like, I don't, no, I don't want this. And then they end up having kids. And that just didn't seem, like, really, that didn't seem to really make sense to me. I do. I mean, I I get that. I feel like April does have uh, a nurturing side that she is reluctant to let out, though. Because, I mean, just, like, based on how much she cared for all of the animals that sort yeah, of came under her loyal. care. Yeah, she's fiercely loyal. Yeah, she, like, if there's cute things that are under her control, she will do her best for them. So, I mean, yeah, I, I agree with you, like, that it might not have made the most sense, but I feel like April's going to be a great mother to a spooky, spooky child. Oh, I, I mean, I would love to have been her child growing oh, up. Um, so I think she would have been a great mother. I just didn't think that they... I think that came out of nowhere, honest. Like, at, at the end of the day, like that part of the storyline... Um, I talk uh, about one of my favorite bits of Parks and Rec that I just remembered right now? Sure. Leslie's obsession with Joe Biden. Oh, yes. Because Because I I relate to that so hard. Oh, yeah. That dude is an attractive old man. Oh, I just love Joe Biden. I think he's incredible. Have you seen pictures of young Joe Biden? Oh, No, but old old Joe Biden is... Yeah, old Joe Biden is good, so imagine young Joe Biden. That's fair. It's good. <laughs> Spoiler alert. It's, it's good. good. Everyone, just take a moment, pause this, go Google young Joe Biden. I think the only picture that I've really seen is like him with like a white collared shirt open a little bit. Very nice. <laughs> Joe Biden, if you're listening. <laughs> Joe Biden. Shout Joe Biden, you. if you're listening in this podcast, you probably... Are not listening to this podcast. You're not you have other things to do. Shout out to Joe Biden. <laughs> I think one of the things that, like, really brings me into Parks and Rec, like, most of all, is just the way that it portrays women. And, I mean, especially, like, Leslie Knope. I think that, I like, I'm surprised at how little we've kind of talked about Leslie Knope up to this point, but she's the centerpiece of the show. And oh, I think that she absolutely. is, like, she's just the perfect role model for, okay, maybe not perfect. She's got, you know, a little bit maybe over-enthusiastic, but I mean, just being a smart, capable, like, funny, caring woman who's able to have, like... She wants the best for everyone around her. I mean, she, she might be a so little... Much. Yeah, she might seem a little excessive to, like, us, because we're all trash people, but... <laughs> She just cares about everyone. She seems excessive to us because we relate more to John Ralphie. Oh, that's true. It's so true. <laughs> um, no, I agree. I, I'm i really glad that they moved away from the first season where they kind of showed her as being a Michael Scott-like character, where she yeah. wasn't really capable and 
couldn't do really do her job. Right. And I'm glad they went the opposite direction where she did her job so well. Um, and they made her into that kind of role model like person. Yeah, because I mean we like we had already had Michael Scott. Yeah, and we don't we, need another we don't we can't need another get one. better than that. No, you don't need a female Michael Scott. No. No. So you definitely don't need a female yeah, Michael Scott. Um so I agree with you. It's nice to have like I think Leslie was a great character and um, actually, honestly, one of my favorite running jokes with Leslie is the way she describes Anne as, like, a beautiful sunfish and an opalescent tree shark. <laughs> a beautiful rule-breaking moth. <laughs> and her, and her Anne, Anne's ambiguous ethnicity. <laughs> um, no, I, I love Leslie. She, I think she might be, like, an underrated character, just because everybody forgets about her and goes... To, so like all, all of the, the other surrounding yeah. characters. Um, yeah, I mean, based on the fact that we haven't even talked to her, we're almost an hour into this podcast about the show that she's a star of, and we haven't talked about her yet. Yeah. Yeah, no. She's, she's underrated only by the fact that I think that for most of the series, there's no rating that equals Leslie Nope. I think that's a fair. She's so excessive, and it's so great. Yeah, I. Like, I mean, she brings in Valentine's Day, which is like we celebrate Valentine's Day. Yeah, still. it's one of the greatest uh, inventions from that show. Is celebrating your girlfriends. Oh yeah. Um, the and, greatest inventions from that show are Valentine's Day and snake juice. I think snork juice. Snork juice. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, DJ Roomba. DJ Roomba in the house. That is. My favorite invention to come out of that show. That made me want a Roomba just so I could put a speaker on it and call it DJ Roomba. I literally own a Roomba and I haven't done that. And it's, I don't know what you're I don't doing. Know why. You are not living to your full potential. Uh, That's a shame because you should do that, but then also step on, on it on and it? put a sheet on it so you have the ghost of DJ Roomba. And then only play Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> it's, you've truly entered DJ Roomba hell. Um. <laughs> But I guess, I mean, since we haven't really talked that much about Leslie, do you want to talk about some of the low points of Leslie's? I think... In the show? Yeah. It, like, I think, yeah, let's talk about it for a little bit because Leslie, no, I mean, there's so very, many high points. Yeah, she has very few low points, and when she goes, when she gets down there, they are so low. She has, she has... Some real low points because her enthusiasm. She starts down a path and does not stop until she has finished on that path. And just just a couple times, she picks a, the very wrong path. And she doesn't actually see how wrong it is until the very end. She's like, "Oh shit!" Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So my favorite Leslie Lowe. I guess I shouldn't really say favorite, but um, would be. The anti, the fake Valentine's Day when she brings all her friends in to rate them to replace Anne. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that either. That was a, a shitty move on Leslie's part. Yeah, that was rough because I mean she's just trying to replace Anne, and going she's not going to be able to way. do that. And also, rating your friends sucks. It's not cool. You shouldn't rate your friends. Don't rate cool your friends. Um, another one uh, is when Tom, not Tom. When Ben is trying to get over her um, after they break up, and she keeps like inserting herself into his life um, via the Littlest Park. The Littlest Park fiasco was a disaster. It's where we truly realize that Leslie's a bit of a steamroller. Yep. Do they actually call her a steamroller in that yep. episode? Oh yeah, because uh, I forget who 
initially calls her a steamroller, but then she's talking to Anne about it, and she's like, "Listen, like she called me a steamroller. I'm not a steamroller." And Anne keeps trying to get words out, and then eventually just says, "Yell, Leslie, you are a steamroller." Because <laughs> she, eh, she is. Yeah, and usually it's not a bad thing, but those were two moments when it was not good. Yeah, that, and I mean, uh, all of like season one and two, really. Leslie is kind of, kind of a Leslie love because she's she started the show really stupid. Yeah, and I mean, that was just until they found what kind of character she should be and really realized that she does best. Being a strong woman and being successful, and the best things about Leslie is the fact that she's so intense. Oh, absolutely. I do, and I think that's uh, like overall my favorite part of the show is that they really, I feel like there has to be something in the water in Pawnee that just elevates everyone because everyone is like takes a personality trait and sort of just blows it up. Yeah. Because I mean, you like. Think about Donna and how, like... She pulls. Girl pulls. <laughs> she... What, what did she say to Anne at that bar? Like... If you get a man, that is not a man that I get. <laughs> not a zero-sum game. <laughs> yeah. And I, she's got Regal Meagle Realty. Yeah. She's got her Benz. Yep. She's, so she has got that Benz. She's got that Benz. Oh, my God. When that Benz gets shot... <laughs> 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 One of my favorite things, um, actually, about Donna is that there's a point where when Leslie's running her campaign, she crashes her Benz to help Leslie. And like at that moment, you know how much she cares about her Benz. Oh, she cares about that Benz. But that Leslie's campaign and Leslie's success is more important to her. So she crashes it and, like, I think it was um, with the guy the with the band band. Guy. Yeah. And she crashes it to help out Leslie. And, like, at that moment, you're like, oh, my God, she just cares about Leslie so much. Oh, yeah. That. Oh, yeah. Donna is such a fiercely loyal person. And I think, like, I really loved the episode in, uh, towards the end of the show, where they are trying to pick dogs. And <laughs> it starts out where April picks uh, Donna's. It's just like, I picked whatever dog a because poodle. it's, like, pretty and you're yeah. pretty. And Donna got furious yep. because it's like that's not that's not what Donna's about yeah I mean that's a layer of Donna she obviously cares about her looks but so much more of Donna is just being fiercely loyal like being there and doing everything that she can for her friends right and just being a queen about it yep oh yeah that's why she was a cat <laughs> um I mean Donna was one of my favorite underrated characters oh absolutely so we're talking underrated characters, and I mean Craig Middlebrooks, oh. a.k.a. Billy Eichner, was a yeah. great addition to the show. He was a great. Honestly, I was afraid. So when they brought Billy Eichner in, it was because they had counterparts in Eagleton, mm-hmm. and I was afraid that they were going to fire him and like cut him out of the show, and that he wasn't going to be a big part of it, because yeah. I thought he was an incredible character. I just love his uh, over just over the top emotions. <laughs> I have quoted him on many occasions, mostly the "I have a condition." It's called caring too much, and it's incurable. Also, I have eczema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like for me, I, I was worried initially when Billy Eichner came on because I think that like 
because he seemed to be playing kind of the same character he plays with Billy on the street. And to me, it can be a little intense. And I wasn't wasn't a huge fan at first, but over the times that I've really like rewatched the show, it's like I've come to like Craig more and more because he's just passionate about what he does, and you can't fault him for that. It's nothing. Nothing he's doing is bad. He just has a lot of feelings. <laughs> These dogs are so cute that I want to throw up and kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> I've felt similarly with seeing dogs. Do you know how cute dogs are? So cute. <laughs> Alright, so what about you? Underrated character. Uh, underrated characters come back to me. <laughs> uh, so, if I were going to pick a favorite underrated character, I think it's like Late game Shauna Malway Tweep because she starts out as, you know, just uh, an accessory character, but I like the more she shows up, I, I feel like the more you like learn about her. And I, I kind of like the the little like glimpse into the world of Shauna Malway Tweep that we get, especially at the end in the Leslie Lowe moment, Galentine's Day, when she just has all of her kind of like manically happy over very sad information. <laughs> Her it's, life gets real sad. Oh, it gets <laughs> real dark in there. And I, like, I, I love that about her. Because, you know, she's positive through it all, or at least trying to be. And <laughs> it also leads, leads to another one of my favorite Leslie lines. That's, uh, I want to suggest that you talk to Chris Traeger's uh, fantastic therapist, Dr. Richard Nygaard. Although, Part of me always thought that it might have just been Chris speaking into a mirror. That is actually one of my favorite lines as well. <laughs> just because of Chris talking into a mirror. Um, that was honestly one of my favorite transformations too. Is Chris slowly like going from being like a complete disaster whenever or whenever anything any whenever anything went badly he would just like break down and His freak body out. Body is like a microchip. Exactly. Um, a grain, a single grain of sand could ruin the whole thing. To like the episode where he drinks full fat eggnog and he's fine with it and sees his ex and he's fine with it. Um, that was one of my favorite trans- transformations. Is Chris Traeger? Uh-huh. Yeah. And to think it was a uh, child of Larry's Terry Gary Barry that threw him into that whack initially. Because uh, Millicent Gergich, she was playing games with his heart. I mean, can we uh, just talk about Larry's family for a second? <laughs> I do, like, love how just, like, everyone at work makes so much fun. They shit um, on him hardcore. And he has the best life outside He has of the most beautiful wife. Who at the end of the season looks exactly the same, or the end oh, of the yeah. show looks exactly the same, has not aged while he's like a hundred years old, um, and his children are gorgeous. So beautiful. And then they also have the episode where they're doing prostate exams, and <laughs> and the doctor that Anne brings in is like, oh, I didn't even check. That man has the largest penis I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. Yeah, I so, I mean, that does contextualize all of it a little bit, but, <laughs> I, just, I mean, even still, like... Oh, and then Ben constantly be like, I don't get it. Like, this doesn't make any sense to me. I also love that they, no one ever calls him by his actual name. Until <laughs> Donna's wedding, when she misspells, quote-unquote, misspells his name as Gary, and they're like, yeah. oh, Gary, that's your new name. 
<laughs> and he goes, after tw after thir 30 years, 40 years, my coworkers are finally calling by my real name. I'm so blessed. <laughs> I do love. Because he's, he starts out as Larry. Is so then, I it's Jerry. Oh, Jerry, yeah. and then Jerry, it goes to Larry. Larry. Jerry, Larry. Terry. Terry. Barry. Yeah, well, he's it's he's only Barry in Johnny Karate because he's Mailman right. Barry. So that's kind of a character, <laughs> but Karate. I also, forgot about that. Uh, yeah, and then he's also, his last name kind of changes to from Gangrich to Gangurch for a little bit. To Gurgich? To Gurgich. No. Yeah, it's What's Gurgich. His? Gurgish to start. I see. I can't even I keep can't track remember of it. I, I was. I, re, I was just rewatching it too, and I can't remember like what his actual last name was. I think it's Gengurch. No, Gengurch is definitely not the right one. Then it's Gurgich, and it changes to it's, Gengurch. Yeah, at it's Gurgich, and yeah, it's it becomes. I think that might be Terry Gengurch. Yeah, I don't remember for sure. Honestly, he's anyway. an underrated character, though. Yeah, he is an underrated character. Um, the fart attack. I laughed so hard during that. He has a lot of good moments. I just want a doctor to say that Larry had a fart attack. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> they don't even forget about it, too, because like later on they'll talk about how Larry had a fart attack. <laughs> uh, I did, like, I also love just, I mean, any excuse to make fun of him, <laughs> they will take. Oh, because yeah. Leslie uses it as a distraction when... <laughs> She passes that, uh, like, itinerary to everyone, and the one she was going to hand to Ben just says, cute butt. I was like, why does mine just say cute butt? It was probably meant to say cute butt, cute butt, cute butt, cute oh, butt. See, my favorite chanting one is the mural episode. <laughs> when, he t when he, like, they're doing the mural, 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 <laughs> and he says, oh, this is my mur mural, and they're like, Oh, mural, 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 <laughs> and it's actually the only one that is like decent. Yeah. yeah, it was uh, uh, pictures of everyone in the city yeah. making up city hall. What a great thing! But of course, it's that's one of my favorite running jokes. Is that he actually does things that are like reasonable? Mm -hmm. Like he makes that one. He's like, oh, I think I found a way to make like clean renewable energy, and then sneezes on, it, and they're like, oh no, we don't want to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then the twout. <laughs> Twout, 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 twout. Speaking of chanting, though, actually, I think I want to revise my favorite, like, minor character to the guy that chants at public forums. Oh, yes. I, all of those chants are so good. You've got, except for Turnip from the Time Capsule yes. episode, uh, you've got Topless Parks yep. after Harris Whittles uh, says, why don't we make the first Topless Park? Uh, also, R.I.P. Harris Whittles. Uh, yeah. But, uh, Topless Parks, you've got, uh, uh, wasn't there like a peanut butter sandwich or something? I don't remember all yeah, of them, honestly. I, I knew Turnip and Topless Park. Um, yeah, I knew Oh, no, there was the, we're not against you oh. on this. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm think, also thinking of, uh, ham and mayonnaise. Because when they're talking uh -huh. about the, like, what stand to put into the park... And they're like, why don't we just have ham and mayonnaise sandwiches? And it's like, those are terrible for you. Ham and mayonnaise. <laughs> ham and mayonnaise. Oh, <laughs> uh, man. I, I feel like some of those town halls were uh, just peak moments for the show. Because you've got guy that chants all the time. 
Harris Whittles, t- just doing Harris Whittles. You stuff. have the Twilight one where there was like two Christian and not Christian. <laughs> no. Oh yeah. <laughs> you see, you see how you're on opposite sides of that. No. Okay. That was was that the time capsule? Episode? Yeah, that was he the time capsule. To put Twilight in yep. the time capsule. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that actor's name? Because he's one of my favorite guest actors, actually. That he SNL. He, uh, he's also on uh, Last Man on Earth. Yeah. Derek would know it if he was awake. Oh man! God damn it, Derek! Why you gotta be sick? What? Uh, I tie. Will Forte. Will Forte. Oh, Will Forte. Oh yeah. Yeah, and he's trying to like, impress his daughter by getting Twilight in the time capsule. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was fun. I also love the lady that complains about the slugs. <laughs> I, <laughs> I like, didn't want all of them gone. I, I just, just wanted, wanted some of them, them gone. Oh. <laughs> what do you guys think about Pert? Oh. Pert's hilarious. Her <laughs> he just, that's how I want all news stories to be uh, reported because honestly, like, at this point in the world, I can't take this much news and I need his kind of story that never actually gets to a point. <laughs> Uh, the story of this tale is that I'm about to tell it. Oh, <laughs> uh, when he goes on the date with Anne and he leans in, he's like, I'm going to kiss you now. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, Pert is hilarious. You heard with Pert. You heard with Pert. They've got great, I mean, all of their local television yes. in Pawnee is fantastic. Joan Calamezzo. <laughs> My favorite moment with Joan Calamezzo is when she is accepting or doing that, like her star or whatever, and she's like, Citizens of Gotham. <laughs> and Ben goes, Oh, great. She thinks she's in Batman now. <laughs> See, I think my favorite Joan Calamezzo moment is probably when she's getting lunch with Ben and Tom, and she leans over and says, I'm going to have to go powder my nose, among other things. And Ben's like, Is. Is she going to go powder her vagina? (laughs) Uh, Because there's also a really good series of outtakes where Ben, uh, Adam Scott, since he comes out of character, but he just cannot get through that. It's like every time he almost says the word vagina, it just cracks up. This is so funny because like, come on, Ben. Come on, You can say the word vagina. You can. Also, like, you just move on. Don't don't feed into Joan Calamazzo's life. (laughs) And then all of her gotcha journalism that she says isn't gotcha journalism until she puts a sticker that says gotcha and has the gotcha dancers come out. (laughs) Also, in. Because that, like, her alcoholism and. Other drug, drug use, use <laughs> leads to one of Ron's best moments, which was him taking over Joan Calamazzo's talk show. Yes. <laughs> getting prepped for the gala. So while we're on the topic of local Pawnee celebrities, um, we can talk about antagonists because a lot of those are celebrities. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> that went very smoothly. <laughs> I mean, so Dennis Feinstein. Dennis Feinstein is like epic antagonist. Oh, yeah. I, like, wonder what his distribution is. I mean, is his, <laughs> like, cologne only in Pawnee, or does he have... Is he, like, an actual fragrance mogul? I mean, I, I'm guessing that he's a fragrance mogul, or people in Pawnee just buy a lot of fragrances. Because he had a lot of money. He, he has a lot of he money. He does have a lot of money. I feel like it's gotta be larger than that, because I feel like 
based on the heft of the normal Pawnee citizen, they're probably not that well groomed. That you know, we only see uh, a selection of Pawnee citizens, but the way they're they speak not, of the rest yeah, of them are not great. Extremely obese. Yeah, and oh, you never yeah. actually see any of them being obese, but. Yeah, they're supposed to be. First in friendship, fourth in obesity. <laughs> I mean, they have sodas that are child size. That's true. That are <laughs> the do. size of a child that they were liquefied. <laughs> um, but Dennis Feinstein was the worst. He was a monster. Um, and if I could sing, I would sing the worst, like John Ralphio and Mona Lisa. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> That's one. Um, one of my favorite things about Dennis Feinstein, though, is that his name's actually Dante Fierro, but he changed it to be... Like... <laughs> to be better for Pawnee. Because <laughs> yeah. that's more exotic yeah. than Pawnee. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what were his actual fragrance names? I feel like they were very offensive. There was Yearning, Attack, Coma, Side Boob, Blackout, Allergic for Men... <laughs> <laughs> Uh, toxic. Also, part of like my favorite, one of my favorite parts of that Dennis Feinstein storyline was Tom's fragrance. Tommy Fresh. That <laughs> smelled awful, and he uh, Ben poured it in his car, <laughs> and then gets them in his hands and almost throws up. When he sprays it for Dennis Feinstein, oh my god, it's like a joke fragrance. <laughs> like it smells like rotten Chinese food on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no. Dennis Feinstein was a monster, but Jason Manzukis is Not a so monster. funny. I He's love the Jason Manzukis. Um, who else do we have in our antagonist? You know who was not uh, an antagonist or a guest character on Parks and Recreation? Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. Sebastian Stan, the Winter Soldier. <laughs> if only. <laughs> oh, if only is right. If only. But uh. I is as an antagonist. I do love the jam. <laughs> I also love, uh, like, in his trying to get Leslie to be like friendship day. He they went and did karaoke and did summer nights, but he insisted on being Sandy. Yes, uh, but like when Leslie is doing that and she has to like lower her voice and act like a guy. Oh, and then when Chris Tra- Tra- Chris Traeger goes. I want five DVDs of this. No, 20. No, 100. No, 20. <laughs> <laughs> He's so good at being evil. He is. And he really, like, he, he's not good, but he made for one of the most satisfying people getting punched is in the face. Is that the episode where it's like, there's like a disease spreading? Yeah. Yeah. And Chris Trager's just like, flu. I'm dead. This I'm would have set, at one time, sent me spiraling into depression. But now, I'm dead, and I'm fine. <laughs> um, my personal favorite villain is Tammy 2. Oh, yeah. Which, I mean, we talked a lot about Tammy 2, but she's one of my personal favorites. Tammy 2 is fantastic. Because, I, like I said before, Megan Mullally is unparalleled. A queen. And also, what she turns Ron into is... Hilarious. Fantastic. Love when it's like, oh, Ron, did you shave your mustache off? No, it rubbed off from friction. <laughs> oh my god, I forgot about that. I remember when I first heard that line, my face got real white. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I also love that she dates Tom, 
Uh, and then basically attacks him. <laughs> just keeps calling him Glenn. <laughs> I forgot about that. Oh. Uh, oh, and there's also when uh, Ron breaks up with Tammy too, he ends up with like a thumbtack in his face. <laughs> <laughs> She, when they, like, when she, when Leslie first goes to meet Tammy, and she, like, is very kind and yeah. sweet for a little bit, but then she comes back with Ron, and Tammy's bending over, and you guys, like, has her thong up there. Oh, God. Whale tail! Whale tail! <laughs> <laughs> also, I love how much they hate libraries. Oh, Everybody. Like, that running joke doesn't make, I don't get it. Because I don't get why people hate libraries, but it's really funny. It's because everyone in Pawnee is in a large way trash. Because they also, they hate libraries and they despise salads. Especially Sue from Sue's Salads. Especially Sue, yep. She gets no breaks. No, that's funny. (laughs) I I love when Leslie's like, I reserve my right to hate salads and other disgusting things. (laughs) And there's not really a transition for this, but one of my other favorite moments is when it's actually actually with Valentine's Day, um, and is after it actually actually I, I was hoping nobody would say anything. It's actually <laughs> you're not gonna slip that bias. <laughs> it's actually um, after the trash Valentine's Day. Is it actually actually? <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> it's uh, actually after trash Valentine's Day. Um, when she gets Donna and April, um, coffee as an apology, and she goes to April, black coffee, extra grounds, disgusting. (laughs) Uh, April loves the weirdest shit. She does. it's great. Like, Oren. (laughs) She likes Oren. Oh, I forgot about Oren. I love Oren. I love Oren. I love when they're going to prom and he, Oren, is posing as their mother. Yes. As April's mom. And champion is the dad. (laughs) Come come say goodbye to your dad. Champion walks with a wig and a suit. Oh my god, that's great. Um, There's another one where Oren is doing like a um, performing art piece where he's like in a farm. Oh yeah. Uh, and then there's another where uh, April, uh, actually Leslie asks everyone to bring like a date to the Valentine's Day dance for Anne, and April brings Orin. <laughs> Leslie's pissed. She's like, Orin's a wonderful person. <laughs> He's not. No. I also love that at one point towards the beginning of the series, April has a boyfriend who has a boyfriend. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, my gay boyfriend. <laughs> She's like, he's straight for me, but he's gay for the other guy. And the other guy's gay for him, and I hate the other guy. (laughs) I just, like, April works to make her life complicated in the most weird ways. I don't know. I wouldn't hang out with Oren, so... When she talks about being pregnant, and she's like, I mean, I would love all the things that my body would do. Like, stretch marks, veins everywhere, throwing up... But at the end, you have a baby, and that would suck. (laughs) (laughs) I also love when (laughs) April and Andy uh, are going to buy that house that they get in the final season. They're, like, touring around, like, oh, so what was this? And they have the guy that sounded like uh, Werner Herzog, just like, it was the old pony dollhead factory. (laughs) It's where they housed the people who went insane on the lines. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And they're like, uh, there's no kitchen. 
Is that a staircase that goes nowhere? Good eye. <laughs> <laughs> Andy's reading this text for the house. Like, all right, you've got uh, 12 bedrooms, three and seven eighths bathrooms. <laughs> yeah. Seems like a standard layout. <laughs> No kitchen. <laughs> no kitchen. I mean, you see in multiple episodes that Andy has no compunction about nudity in front of no. <laughs> multiple groups of people. Because he, I mean, he shows up to Anne's door nude. Which... So, in that scene, he actually was nude. And that yeah, was a genuine reaction. Yeah. I mean, she, that was like, their actual reaction. They weren't, uh, Amy Poehler wasn't reacting enough to that. And so Chris Pratt was like... Fuck it, I'm just gonna get really naked. And then he almost got fired because the network was like, okay, I mean, uh, the take was good, but you absolutely need to let people know that you're gonna be naked on set before yeah. you're naked. There's a lot okay. of rules around that, <laughs> which is fair. Yeah, but absolutely. It's a great take. Uh, and then he's also in the he's last naked. season. Well, he's also naked in the when they are dumping. Uh, Pat Oswalt in the river. Oh, yep. <laughs> yeah. Yep. What is it? Is it Ted's? Um, yes, it's Ted because it's supposed oh, to be it's T. T, yeah. yeah. We could throw the Ted in the river. Yeah. Uh, so he's naked and jumps into that in front of a group of people. He also at uh, Ben's gala. Yeah, at yeah. Ben's uh, Man of the Year gala yep. when April and Andy are trying to be weird. He gets naked. Yep. For, like he Donald ducks it for a minute. Um, um, also that was one of the moments where like you actually, so after Chris Pratt was in Guardians of the Galaxy, he obviously got in really great tra- shape, but they played it off pretty well because they had him wear like really baggy clothes. Yeah. And that was one, I just rewatched it too, but that was one of the first moments that, or one of the few moments that you actually see him and he's in insanely good shape and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> I also love that how they play off him getting into good shape when he's in Europe and he's with Ben. And Ben's like, you just stopped drinking beer? He's like, oh yeah, no, I just stopped drinking beer. And Ben goes, how much beer were you drinking? <laughs> oh, that was good. As an excuse for having lost all that weight. Yeah. If you stop drinking beer and lose 50 pounds, that is Although, I mean, too much I beer. personally think that... I always thought Chris Pratt was hot, like even as like chubby Andy... Um, I almost like Chubby Andy better. Oh, I'm not I absolutely love Chubby Andy better. I, I think I love Chubby Andy better than um, Star Lord. Yeah, because early, like early seasons, Chris Pratt was my celebrity crush for oh, a long time. I, bef- yes, I was. I had the biggest crush on Andy. Oh yeah, before he got a tra- like before he got into shape and blew up. You're a hipster for having a crush on Andy. Oh, I was I, I, I like Chris Pratt before was. everybody else liked Chris Pratt. No, but yeah. And then he, like, because he was, like, the funny guy, and then now I'm not as attracted to him because I, like, he's, like, too muscular and also he's is not attractive. a good actor, really. Um, I mean, I think he's hilarious, so. I think he's funny, but, but gets, I didn't gets, like Jurassic World. He gets to oh. play characters yeah, that work either. very well for him just being him. Yeah. He doesn't have to stretch very far. But the thing is, like, who is he, really? I, I don't know. Like, who is Chris Pratt? 
I feel like Press he's... Press if you want to come on our show. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's listening to this, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. Uh, yeah. Also, gain some of that weight back. I mean, it's what the fans want. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't think I was... I'm not into him. He's not my type. I mean, I get that. I'm into Ben. I, I, I have a thing for the weird nerd I guy. do love He's Adam got... Scott, so I get that. Yeah. Um, I, like, I love how, like healthy Ben and Leslie's sexual relationship is oh, yeah. because they just like they're love super all into of, each other they're super that. into each other and like I loved how like loving and like sexually healthy their relationship was oh Leslie's <laughs> obsession with Ben's butt oh it's hilarious. so funny just, and the fact that Leslie's willing to play into Ben's th- like obsession <laughs> with girls and rollerblades Ben is like just such an amazing partner Because, like, even before they were actually dating, like, he didn't want to be in a relationship with her to, because he knew that it would be a negative impact to, like, her running for city council. And he, like, gave that up. Because, like, there's so many points where Ben is willing to, like... Put Leslie first. Yeah, put Leslie first and put himself aside for a moment so that he can empower her. And I love that. But I also love... When Daddy Want Pie in that episode. <laughs> <laughs> that went so loving. It so. was. It, no, it's just funny because it's like she's talking about how he's like a big advocate for advocate for women's rights, and he's like he's all for women's rights. And he then he goes, like, get back into the kitchen because Daddy Want Pie. <laughs> she's like that was bad timing. With the worst possible timing for that. Oh, that's great. And yeah, let's, let's talk about Zor. There's not even a smooth transition for this. Let's just no, talk about Zor. Let's talk about Zor. <laughs> also, this is a drug mess. <laughs> I don't know. I this is drunk out. and uncultured. This is what we do. I don't think I've blacked out yet, so. <laughs> okay, uh, I need you to understand that you need to engage with Zorp. <laughs> Hail Zorp. Zorp is dead. Long live Zorp. Um, I want to thank, before we cut out, Joe for joining us this week. Yeah, thanks, Joe. This was a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I mean, I appreciate it. I appreciate your uh, impressions and everything. It was hilarious. I always enjoy them. Oh yeah, we definitely hope to have you back with us soon. Yeah, yeah. we'll figure out another episode that you'd enjoy doing. That can be another train wreck. <laughs> yeah, if you like my impressions, find me on Twitter. I'm not going to tell you what the handle is. So. <laughs> um, if you enjoy uh, Joe, email us. Tweet at us, whatever. Let us know. Uh, thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm out. Bye. <laughs> but stay tuned for Derek's final thoughts. Okay, bitch, bye. <laughs> uh, an hour and a half uh, of, of talking about parks and recreation. That's, that's quite a bit. I mean, it was good, though. I like parks and recreation, so it was entertaining to listen to, um, even though I technically haven't really listened to the whole thing yet. But... Uh, yeah, this is the first podcast I didn't get to witness the recording of because I was in bed with the flu the whole time. Because uh, I could have told them it was Will Forte immediately. Um, as a matter of fact, I paused it and told Lindsay that it was Will Forte. Uh, and then as soon as I unpaused it, she said Will Forte, so good on you. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, no, the uh, the episode was really good. I, I, I listened, I listened, or I enjoyed what I listened to. Um, and I thought Joe was a good addition. I thought he did a really good job. Um, it was a funny podcast. So, good on you guys.
you're really coming into your own. Um, I actually can't wait to go through and listen to the entire thing. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ben Schwartz was one of the best minor characters, uh, so I agree with that. I do disagree with your uh, your opinion that um, Ron Swanson is a super overrated character because Ron Swanson's fucking awesome. Uh, so that's just that's just silly. Uh, but yeah, Ron Swanson and Andy are the best characters on that show, absolutely by far. No one saved me a hop slam, either. There was a six pack of hop slam in there at the beginning of the night, and I couldn't enjoy it because I was sick, and there was, there were no leftovers. So thanks for that, guys. <laughs>